Anybody remember that? Anybody here when we did that series? I was going to say, a couple people might remember this. We, we used this like five, six years ago. I uh, reclaimed it. it, it it's retro. It's like back from five years. Um, we're going to be after the emotions of Christmas. So hope. You guys ever done Advent before? Hope, love, joy, peace. Okay, we're going to spend the next four weeks getting after these emotions that you might feel at, at Christmas. Now, listen. It's been an emotional year, to, to say the least. It's been an up and down roller coaster. And I feel like, you know, holidays are a time where you feel like, man, this is going to be an anchor. For sure, this would just be an anchor, right? Like, finally, this will feel right. And Thanksgiving came and went, and it just it didn't feel right. It didn't feel normal, right? And so now I'm looking at Christmas, and I'm going, <laughs> what's that going to look like? I don't know, but I'm not the Grinch that stole Christmas. I, I, don't, want, I don't want that to be like a thing. Um, I don't know. So it's just a really weird time. And so I feel like we got to get our emotions in check. we got to get our mind right. We've got to get our eyes on the right thing. <laughs> and so I'm going to preach today, Hope in Jesus, My Comfort at Christmas, from John 13 and 14. You can flip over there. Hope in Jesus, My Comfort at Christmas. I want to start with this, though. What do you, what do we, I'll single you out, what do you, particularly, individually, put your hope in at Christmas? Now, ladies, I know that you're the one that's really running Christmas. So you, you've, got, you've got some plans. What are you putting your hope in at Christmas? Men, what are you putting your hope in at Christmas? Kids, what are you hoping for this Christmas? What do you think? All the people online are answering. What'd you say? I thought he had one. I wrote down a few things that we hope for at Christmas. Family, friends, food, fun. Can you tell them a preacher? They're all alliterated. Uh, and gifts. Because that, I just couldn't come up with a F for gifts. Um, gifts. Feeling good, though. I want to feel good at Christmas. I want to feel that nostalgic, like this is it. Like it feels good. Family's around. We're having fun. Gifts, food, you know, all that. Well, that's where we put our hope sometimes, but where's your hope this Christmas? Where's your hope this Christmas? I wrote down three things. You got anything? Come on, maybe just, you know, I don't, pen and paper is still a thing, even in COVID. You can bring a journal to church, you can write some things down, okay? All right, I encourage you to do that. Right? You're going to remember these messages in these times that we were together. So, where is your hope this Christmas? Write down a couple things. Be honest with yourself. I just wish it could feel good. I just wish it would be normal again. I, my hope is in... I hope mom makes those cookies again. I hope I get a great present that I'm just going to be surprised by. It wasn't on my list. We kind of do that thing, right? We do lists so you're not surprised by anything anymore. And if you're really crazy, it's like you just get gift cards. 
because nobody can pick the perfect gift like you can. Come on now, I'm reading your, I'm in your living room right now. I know that's happening. All right. So maybe you're hoping for a ring this year. Maybe you're hoping for a specific present. I think, Kara, you got a specific present? Do you have a specific present you want? Okay. Well, whisper it in my ear sometime this week so that we make sure that, that we t- Santa takes care of that. Maybe you're hoping uh, this will be the best Christmas ever. Or maybe you're like, how could I even hope that? Well, I'm a go-getter, so I do hope that. And I'm kind of like, I got this. This is going to be the best Christmas ever, right? I'm kind of like, come on. And I think the first person we're going to see in the story, Peter, is a lot like that. So turn to John 13 and 14. And I want to remind us all of where hope is found this Christmas. Hope in Jesus, my comfort at Christmas. All right, here it is. We're going to pick up in verse 36. Do you remember where I left off? The commandment to love one another, right? So he makes this big new commandment. Love one another. If you love one another, everyone's going to know that you're my disciples. You'd think they'd have a conference on that. You'd think they'd be like, what does he mean? Let's talk about that. What happens? Peter, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? It's like Simon Peter was just waiting for the Lord to exhale. Right? Just waiting for him to take a breath. And it's like, now is my chance. And he's like trying to catch up. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, verse 36, chapter 13, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me. What is our series in John? What was it called? Does anybody remember anymore? It was called Follow Me. So if we all want to follow Jesus, and Jesus is like, you can't follow me, Now, that's a problem. But you will follow afterward. Oh, that's good. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered him. I always kind of read this like I would be with Peter, like snarky. Like, will you really? I mean, seriously? Like, kind of just sarcastic. I don't think Jesus was like that. He kind of maybe was funny. <laughs> he might have been funny. Like, yeah, you're really going to do that? That's cool. But he wasn't malicious like we would be with our sarcasm. Let's just get that straight. Will you lay down your life for me? Good question. I think you will, but I think you have some things to learn first. And so he says, truly, truly, listen now, Peter, I'm going to give it to you straight. I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Nothing more from Peter. That shut him up, didn't it? I don't even think Jesus was trying to shut him up. I just think Peter was like, I better better think about that. And it goes on. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. After saying he's going to leave, after saying 
Peter, the leader of the group, is going to deny him. He says his next words, let not your hearts be troubled. Why? Because they are troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, many mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Answers, rhetorical, flat out, no. Because he's not a liar. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas, trembling Thomas, skeptical Thomas, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? We don't know where. How are we going to know how to get there? It's kind of like, it makes me think of my GPS. Like I picked up somebody today. I've never been to their house before. I'm like typing in the address. It's like it's going to tell me where to go, right? Because I'm putting where to go. It's going to tell me the way. So it's like if we knew where, that we could maybe know the way. It makes sense. So he says... Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Siri's not pulling up directions. Jesus said to him, I am the way. That's key. So what's the way? Jesus is the way. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to, what does it say? So where is he going? I mean, it's not confusing, right? Right? Like, the Scripture is not confusing. Sometimes you read the Scripture, you're like, oh, what are you? yeah, man. Thomas, good question. Like, where are you going, Jesus? And what's the way? The way is death. Death, like Christ is going to die. And now his death, burial, and resurrection is going to be your way to die to yourself and move on in him. So, Thomas, good question, but... I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Well, that's just an astounding statement because it says in the Bible, no one has seen God at any time. The only Father, right? So no one's seen God the Father except in Christ the Son, right? Because it's three in one. So, you have seen him. You've seen Jesus. Now, Philip's going to chime in. So, who do we have first? Peter. Then we had Thomas. And now we have Philip. They're all like questions galore. I'd have a few questions too if Jesus said, I'm leaving. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. What a fervent guy. Show us the Father and it's enough for us. You know what? If the Holy Spirit showed up right now, right here in this room, in a tangible way, He's Spirit. So maybe if He took on the form of a dove, He's done that before. Right? Maybe if He was flaming fire, He's done that before. If He showed up in such a tangible way, that's really what Philip's saying. He's like, help my unbelief, help my hope, help my faith, because 
you know, if you just show me, I'd believe. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. That's a key principle for us that are called Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, three years, and you still do not know me, Philip? Really? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words, circle that word words, the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me, so the Father who dwells in me, does His works. Circle the word works. You're going to see it a couple times here. Does His works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. It's almost like Revelation where they're like sitting on the same throne and you're like, what is going on? Are they like the same person? Kind of. Or else believe on account of the works themselves. You know all the miracles I've done? Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Now, I think we read that verse and we kind of put it in a box and we say, well, he must have meant like there's going to be more people over a long period of time that are going to do things and so it's going to seem greater than me. Uh Uh-uh. No. I'm not copping out on the Scriptures. Peter and John healed a guy. They said, silver and gold have I none, such as I have give I you. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Bam! (laughs) And they didn't stop there. They kept doing miracles and wonders and signs. I got to believe the only reason these things don't happen is because I wasn't with Jesus. So I don't have faith like they have to go do the things that I know in the Holy Spirit we can still do. He says it right here in this verse. He's like, truly I say to you, listen up. Hey, um, remember the last time he said truly, truly? Just look back at the last time he said truly, truly. It was in chapter 13. The last verse. What did he say? Truly, truly, as in this is really going to happen. I say to you, the rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. That's the last time he said, for serious, guys, this is what's going to happen. Did it happen? Ah, yes, it did. Okay, so now he's like, uh, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Where is he going? To the Father. What's the way? Through Jesus. Whoever, or whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now again, I want to explain one thing there too. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. What do you think of? I want a Lamborghini for Christmas. Thanks God. You said you'd do it. 
in Jesus' name. That's not what he's saying, okay? We just got to be clear about that. I think God made it so clear to, me, clear to me today. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Okay, that's good. Then what does he go on to talk about? If you keep reading, he talks about the Holy Spirit. What is the thing you should be asked for? You should be asking for things, the, the Holy Spirit filling, but you should be asking for things that the Holy Spirit filling you would be saying, ask for this, ask for this, ask for this, ask for this. Oh, yeah. So according to his will, we ask. Okay, long passage, good stuff. It's Christmas, so we're on to hope. Hope in Jesus, my comfort at Christmas. So I'm going to give you three reminders to put my hope in Jesus this Christmas. Three reminders. And I'm going to use these three guys who ask these three, I want to call them boneheaded questions, but I, I'm that guy. I'm Peter. Which one are you? Are you like passionate Peter, like me? I'll do anything for you, God! And then the next minute I'm like denying him with my actions. Like, what? Come on. We're human. That's why. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Okay? Or maybe you're Thomas. Trembling Thomas. Eh, eh, I'm skeptical. I don't know. I don't know where you're going. And I don't know the way. Like, what are you talking about? You guys nervous? You guys fearful? <laughs> Trembling in your boots? Your knees knocking? Maybe you relate to, to Thomas. Or... Well, I call him physical Philip, but that's because I'm just trying to rhyme. Physical Philip, I mean, like, if I just see things, if I could just see it, touch it, feel it, then it'll be all good. So if Jesus wants to do something crazy this Christmas, like you're talking about, Steve, then if he just comes and I can touch it, feel it, see it, then we're all good. Maybe you're like, you got to get past the noodle with me, right? If you can make it plain to my noodle, if you can make it make sense... Jesus doesn't make sense. People don't come that are perfect, die on a cross, excruciating death, so that you can live guilt-free Christianity. People won't do that. He did. So it doesn't make sense to your noodle. Okay, so here it is. Three reminders to put my hope in Jesus this Christmas. Here's the first one. My hope is not in what I can do. My hope is not in what I do. It's not in doing stuff. It's not in my best effort. Peter's like, I'll get her done. Tell me what to do, God. I'll go with you. Jesus' is like, uh, I think you need to sit this one out, Peter. Good idea? Uh, yeah, I think he thanked him later, right? Sit this one out. Take a pass on this one. I'm going to do something special for you. My hope is not in what I do. Not my best effort. My hope is in Jesus. He asked, Lord, where? I will lay down my life for you. I'll die for you. Jesus says, will you really? Are you sure? Are you sure? He says, I will. I will buy the best gifts this Christmas. I'll be the best gift giver in our house. I hope that you will be in Jesus' name. I hope that people will know that you're generous. But only spend inside your means. Right? Doing generosity, godly principle of generosity, and going into debt to do it, that's, that's silliness. Don't do that, okay? Might be time to scale back. My, my kids are doing a lot of like, they're doing this like wood art, 
where they're burning wood and, you know, it's so cool. And it's cheap, right? So you can do a lot of different things to be generous, and you can make it the best Christmas. I'm going to bake the best cookies. I'm going to bake cookies for my neighbors. You do understand they might throw them away. I hope they don't. But it wouldn't put it past this world of COVID. I'm going to be kind to my relatives. I'm going to try really, really hard, right? And I'm going to do it this year. Not going to be any fights at Christmas. I'm not going to say anything stupid. It's not about what I can do. It's not about what you can do. It's not about your best effort this Christmas. It's about what Jesus has done and is going to do for you, through you, this Christmas. So, my question to you is, have you asked Jesus what he wants to do? Peter started telling Jesus a few things. Hey, Jesus, all, all this, all that, all this, all that. Why didn't he just say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Jesus, what would, what would be best for you, Jesus, right now? I think that's the posture of hope for this Christmas. Jesus, what do you want me to do? Because if he wants you to do it, then he's going to give you the strength to do it. Your hope is in Jesus and what he will do in and through you. Not in what you can do in your own strength. All right, the second thing. My hope is not in what I know. My hope is not in what I know. My hope is in Jesus. This is going to get a little redundant. My hope is not in what I know. My hope is in Jesus. So what what does Thomas say? Lord, we don't know. We don't know where. We don't know the way. We don't know. And what does Jesus do? He's so loving. He's not like, dude, I already told you I'm going to the Father. He's not like, what do you think the way is? You think I came here for three years for you to just not follow me? Like, I think it's, I think they should know what the way is. But they're asking honest questions. I think we do that as well. Because we want to know. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, this is how you know. I am the way. That's the sixth I am statement out of seven. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Literally eternal life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you think you're getting to Jesus through some other means, it ain't happening. You have to come through the blood and body through forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. If you had known me, it's kind of a play on words, and I don't want to get all into the Greek with you, okay? But if you had known me is a certain Greek word, okay, for intimacy, okay? If you had known me, you would have known my Father, okay? That's a different Greek word, okay? And it's like for understanding. You would have understood my father. You would have remembered him. Okay? And then he goes back and he says it again. He says, you would have known my father also. 
from now on, you do know him and have seen him. I think that is an astounding phrase right there. From, from now on, from right here forward, you do know him, the Father, intimately. And you have seen him in me. I think he's like, have you ever wondered what way to go? You're like, what way should I go? And what if, like, it's kind of humorous. What if there was like one-way signs pointing at Jesus? I feel like this is some kind of cartoon or something that somebody should draw. It's like, it's like Jesus is talking and it's like all these one-way po- signs pointed at him. That's the picture I see as I hear him talking. I'm just like, there's only one way. And the, all the signs are pointing to Jesus. My hope is not in what I know. I thought that was a great verse that you shared, Donnie. Right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Right? And then verse 7. Do we have that? There it is. Jeremy is amazing. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. What is that saying? When you stop trusting what you know and you start trusting God and what He knows and what His plan is, that's like life. That's literally life. It's life-giving. When you worry about what do I know and how is it going to be and am I right? That's going to kill you. It's going to be rotten. Thomas, we want to know where you're going. What, what's going on? You know, my head's spinning. I need to be clear. Give me a gentle reminder, Jesus. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. From now on, you do know the Father. We know and we see our Father through Jesus Christ. If I had more time, I would read for you John 15. 1 through 11. I'll get there, I promise, in January. Abide in me as I abide in the Father. So here's the thing. This is what's really, really key. Jesus is a picture to us. The same way that Jesus abided in the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit is the same way that we are to abide in Christ and the Father through the Holy Spirit. He's, he's, he's the guy. He's, he's the one that shows us. So, he's like, I only say what the Father tells me to say. How's that going for you? I'm up here using lots of words, and I'm like, oh my goodness. i slow down a little bit. I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only know Father tells me is true. He tells me the way, the truth, and the life is Jesus. And that we can go to heaven through Him. Our hope is in Jesus. Okay, this last one. My hope is not in what I see. This is not a brilliant outline. This is, this is pretty plain Jane. Not clever. It's just straight, straight in the text. Okay? 
Peter wants to do stuff. It's not what I do. My hope is in Jesus. Philip or uh, Thomas wants to know stuff. It's, it's not in what I know this Christmas. My hope is in Jesus. Right? And Philip wants to see some stuff. He's like, just show us the Father. It's my, my hope is not in what I see. My hope is in Jesus. Now, this one just is really brilliant because I don't know if you're paying attention or if you have your head buried in the sand, but if you look around in our world, it's a mess. Our world is a flat-out mess. So if you get your head up and you start looking around, if you start watching the news, if you start paying attention at work, if you start seeing into things, it's a mess. So praise the Lord. My hope is not in what I see right now because it's a mess. My hope is in Jesus and He's not a mess. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I want to get to these uh, the words and the works. So here's the thing. Have you seen God? Have you seen the Holy Spirit work in your life or in someone else's life that you know? Can you, can you say that you've seen that? Maybe it was a, a word spoken and you're like, whoa, they should have never known that. Maybe it was like a life-altering thing. It's like I once was lost, but now I'm found. Maybe it was addiction. And it was like 180, and you're like, nobody could do that. Maybe you see somebody serve day in, day out, week in, week out, and you're like, that's not normal. There's something, you know, or a joy, or a love, or a peace, a virtue there, a fruit of the Spirit, a particular one. Probably not all mine. Nobody has all mine perfectly. I wish. I'm working on that. But maybe you're like, man, that person, they have this. And you see the work of the Holy Spirit. That's great. Those are good things to see. And I want to point out two things that you should see. You can see the difference in people's words and in their works. Right? You should see the difference in people's words and their works. And he says that here. He says, the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me. How does the Father exactly dwell inside the Son? Well, you'd have to understand the Trinity, right? How does the Spirit actually dwell inside of us? How does Jesus dwell in us through the Holy Spirit? I think I'll figure that out one day when I'm in heaven. Or maybe I'll just keep pressing that thing right now. I'm pressing that hard. Like, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with Jesus Christ. Fill me, Father, with your presence. I want to dwell with you. I want to remain with you. I want to abide with you. I realize that depends on me putting off some things and putting on some things. But I also realize it really depends on your will. I think if you go through that process, like Jesus is doing, where he's like, I I don't talk on my own. The authority is God's. Um, I don't even say words unless God says them. 
okay? The Father who dwells in me, he does, uh, we do his works. So, words and works. Okay, words and works. How are your words? What do you want your words to be this Christmas? How are your works? What do you want your works to be this Christmas? I want them to be God-honoring. My hope is that this could be the best Christmas ever for you. That's my hope. And my hope in that is in Jesus. It's not in your best effort. It's not what you could do. It's, it's not in, you know, what you know. Well, yeah, I've got a lot of experience of Christmases. How many years has it been? 45. I guess I've done 45 Christmases. I'm, I should be good at it by now. It's not in that. It's not in what you can see. The hope is in the Lord. See, the reason this will be the best Christmas you've ever had is because you'll probably be more dependent on God this Christmas than you've ever been. Because you've got nowhere else to turn this Christmas. God stripped it all away. He's allowed a disease. He's allowed a government. He's allowed fear to strip every ounce of normalcy from you. And he did that while he was still on the throne. He hasn't fallen off. And I believe the best things are ahead for us because I believe as we press into independence on God, putting our hope squarely in Jesus, that you're going to see crazy good stuff happen this year. You're going to see people in your family, whether on Skype, Vimeo, video, whatever, Zumo, like, Whatever channel you use, you're going to see people, if you open your mouth and your words and your work show Jesus Christ, you're going to see people turn to him because they need something right now. Hope is in Jesus. You have that hope. You leave here with that hope. And I pray that you don't keep that hope to yourself, but that you share that emotion, that hope with others this Christmas. All right? Cliff Church, can we do that? That's what we're going for. All right, let me pray. Father God, this passage is so powerful. It teaches us so much about you, and, and we could study it and study it and study it and study it. We could study it again and again. We could go on and see the promise of the Holy Spirit and how you give the helper, the comforter, the advocate, how he's the one that indwells us and fills us and He's the one that should be speaking and working on your behalf through us. So God, as we check our words and as we check our works, we just want to come to you and say, what's important to you this Christmas? What are you longing for us to get? What do you want us to know what do you want us to do? What do you want us to see? Our hope, God, is in Jesus. It's in your Holy Spirit so that we might see more clearly than ever before. So we might know 
in a deeper way than we've ever before. So we might do the works and say the words that you have in a way that is beyond what we've ever experienced. Father, Son, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we are putting our hope in you this Christmas. That is our emotion. We leave with that, with, with hope that this Christmas can, should, and will be the best Christmas we've ever had. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I, uh, how many of you guys know the song, Because He Lives? Any know, anybody know it? No? Okay. I just thought maybe we could close with that. I'm going to get the words out because I, I don't have them memorized. Let me grab them. I just felt like this as I was as I was thinking about it, I thought, this is the best song to close. So let's just stand. Let's stand together. It says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Let's sing it. Because he lives... I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Amen. That's it. Right there. You're alone.